Welcome to Right to Food, the podcast about food poverty, brought to you by the people who really know what it means to be hungry in Britain in the 21st century. I'm Julie Smith, and I'm going to introduce you to some of the kids whose own experiences of food poverty have led them to sign up as food ambassadors for the Food Foundation, an independent think tank to help tackle the growing challenges facing the UK's food. These kids are incredibly brave and want above all to be listened to. They want to tell their stories about holiday hunger, the stigma kids feel about free school meals and just how quickly life can change, leaving whole families without enough to eat. The spectre of hungry children and helpless parents is stalking this really rich country of ours in the 21st century and they want that to change. But these young people have got a big idea. In a minute, you'll meet Rabia, Janai, Beth and Faith, Dev, Asher and Saffron, who'll be presenting a whole episode each of a brand new podcast called Right to Food. They'll decide the stories they want to tell from their hometowns, do all the interviews themselves and make sure the end result gets to the people who really need to hear it. But first, a word from their ambassador, Dame Emma Thompson, who told us why she got involved with the Food Foundation in the first place. Well, what's so fantastic about this inquiry is that it's absolutely gone to grassroots level all around the country. It's gone everywhere. England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, speaking to young people, really actually sitting and having conversations with young people about what it is like to go to school hungry. Poverty or lack of food is stigmatised in our society. It's stigmatised in all societies, actually, but in ours, certainly... Um, and one of the um, functions of this inquiry has to remove that stigma. We pride ourselves, wrongly at the minute actually, upon having a just and compassionate society. That's a misnomer at the moment, but we could get back there, and we will. And the young generation will be the people to help us, because they're just so fed up with it, and they can see what's happening. They can see how they're being sidelined, not listened to. They can see how the, the things are playing out. So woe betide people who don't listen, because they will change things. They will change everything. There's a lot of discussion, and I've spent my years and years talking about human rights. One of the most basic rights is the right to food. And we forget, we just forget about these very, very basic rights. Every human being has a right to just have enough to eat. You know? And children can't go out and just find it. They're at school, they can't earn, they, can't, they, they need to be given food to eat by their parents, by whoever is near them. You know, and that is our natural state as human beings. We want to help you, we want to feed them, so why aren't we doing it? So the right to food, bottom line, let's get on with it. We meet them in Brighton at a Food Ambassadors Summit where they're planning the Children's Right to Food Charter as part of the Children's Future Food Inquiry. But first, Food Foundation Executive Director Anna Taylor explains what the summit is about. Well, we're all here to try and um, review the work that we've done. We've developed a charter for all the things that need to happen to make sure that we protect children's right to food when they're growing up. And we're making a plan for how we're going to make sure that those policy recommendations are actually put into practice. What the young people have um, planned to do is develop a podcast that will reach politicians, um, ministers, MPs, people in the House of Lords, and uh, we want them to hear directly from the young people about why we need a children's food watchdog to make sure that children's right to food is actually implemented. And the podcast will bring their stories directly to the people that can make these changes happen. So this morning we went through the Right to Food Charter, which has got 
um, a large number of recommendations in it and we went through with the young people to really prioritise the ones that they felt were the most important and could deliver the biggest impact. Um, they did that in two groups and then they argued for the, their priorities with one another and then we did a voting exercise. So we know now that we've got the top five priorities um, of the young people and those are the things which we're really going to pursue over the next few months. What we plan to do then with the podcast is to explore each one of those five issues, explore why they're important to the young people, what needs to be done about it, perhaps even find examples where they're already being implemented by clever people at the local level. So we'll be exploring all of that and giving everybody an opportunity to think harder about the thing that they can do to try and solve this problem. Our work on the children's right to food is really part of a much bigger agenda to try and change the, f- the food system so that it delivers better outcomes for everybody in terms of our health and in terms of the environment. But of course, children's food is at the heart of that because we know that um, the state has a very particular role to play in protecting their rights when they're growing up. And we know that the foundations of health and well-being are laid when children are young. So we really need to get children's food right. And this is all about doing that. 16-year-old Rabia explains what it's like to live in food poverty. So we're going to be exploring um, food insecurity within Huddersfield, our local area, because I've suffered from it myself. And I can tell you it's it's very common and it's not easy to deal with. My mum's a single parent and I live with her and she's also on universal tax. Uh, no, credit, sorry. And it's difficult because it's very uncertain when money comes in and it's at different times and it's hard to budget it. So when we do budget, it's like we've got a certain amount of money for food and sometimes that money can easily be spent elsewhere if something has come up and a bill needs to be paid. So there's always been times where it's where I've had to kind of cut down on food or just limit myself to one meal a day or maybe max two if we've got college but definitely during holidays and stuff like that where I'm not in college and I don't have the school allowance, it'll be struggling with money and food. So during the summer holidays, on a regular day, mum's just paid an electricity bill or something like that. We won't have much in the fridge. It'll be probably the essentials of milk and, you know, some other stuff in there, but we've hardly got anything, so we'll have to have something that's either in the freezer, a store-bought, that's a quick ready meal. And it's not substantial, but it kind of gets you through the day. But it's very limited to what we can have. And if we do have any spare money, we'll probably just get a takeaway because it's cheaper. And it'll fill you up because of how unhealthy it is. So there's not many healthy options available. I do cook, but sometimes it's like hard to cook, especially if you've got nothing like nothing there to cook with or if you do you've got to like make do with what you have and I guess just throw random things in and see what happens. Rabia and her friend Janai want to find out why the allowance for free school meals on electronic dinner cards can't be rolled over to the next day if it hasn't been used and where their leftover dinner money is going. Janai. At college basically if you're on a school allowance a college allowance or a base rate of like around 15 pounds and you don't spend it all that week it doesn't like roll over to the next week it just like you get you just get 15 pounds again so say you have like five pounds left on that just gets erased and then you have the 15 pounds left and a lot of colleges as well you can only spend money in college because yeah. it's on like your on lanyard and it's really hard because 
College food is not nice. It's not. And you can't um, even go out and, like, get anything, like, from a shop near college. I know. And then now what they've done is they've made... What was the allowance per day? £2... £2.50. Something like that. £2.50 a day. And they've now made prices more expensive in college, but the bursaries stayed the same. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's, it's ridiculous. That money, if, if I haven't been in for an afternoon lesson, so I haven't had lunch, I've just gone home straight after my first lesson, that money that I've not spent that day, I could be using the next, like, the next to the following week. Mm-hmm. But because of it getting taken away, you only get what you've been given. And sometimes that's not even enough because you can spend... You have the £2.50 allowance, but you can go over it. But it's not advised only because you won't have enough money. And they know that we're not going to have enough money. But they're still implementing it. Yeah. Yeah. Where does that money go, Janai? I have no idea, Rabia. It's not in my pocket, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Well, I was working with um, someone who's done a report on it. And she was trying to figure out where that money is going instead of it being rolled over. And she figured out some numbers and how how much it was, and it got up to about eighty eight million. That was being taken from the allowance and put into a black hole that is disappearing, and we have no idea where it is going. It shocks you, doesn't it? it Just really that they does. would take money for food for people that can't afford it and put it in their own pockets. Yeah, it's not fair. So the girls have got a chance as food ambassadors and now podcasters to tell the world. They know it's not an easy job, but they've got some ideas. Well, with this podcast, we just want to make people aware of the problems in Huddersfield because Huddersfield's a small town. Nobody really knows where it is. And we've got so many kids suffering from food insecurity. And to show people that this, especially the rollover, is not okay what they're doing. Like, it's not right. How are we going to do that, though? That's a good question. I think there should be something in place. So, like, would we go to a higher-up party? Like, I think if we do go to a higher-up, we need to go to the people in Huddersfield. Like MPs? Yes. Like your local MPs and stuff? Yeah, local MPs. People within Huddersfield, but, like, the general, like, population of Huddersfield yeah. as well. So, youngers, teachers, food, dinner ladies, get their stories. Like, tell them to tell us what they see. So, dinner ladies especially. Yeah. They see everything that happens in a canteen. And, like, the students themselves, they can tell you how much they're struggling or, like, what they see on a daily basis. And I think that'll be something good that they can, we can take to local MPs. To bring about change. Yeah. Yeah. Beth and her friend Faith will be presenting their podcast episode from their hometown of Prestatyn in North Wales. Beth has a special interest in getting healthy food on the menu at her school. I joined this project because I have type 1 diabetes, which means your pancreas doesn't work properly. So that means you can have any type of food you want. That's um, There's another type of diabetes where you have to watch your diet. But with type 1, if you do have a healthy diet, it improves on blood sugar levels. So it's not necessary, but if you choose to have a healthy diet, it does help. I found it quite difficult to have the food I needed. So it ended up me resulting in bringing in a packed lunch. And in our school, the the fruits and the vegetables, you can't see them anywhere. It's a push on the cake, on the biscuits, which are things that are really not that not that good for you. I'm aware of lots of people who who may need a certain type of diet. There's a lot of my friends who have allergies to things. School doesn't necessarily cater to that, so a lot of people result in bringing in food that they can have and that they can prepare at home, which is not necessarily the healthiest of things, and because school doesn't provide it. It's they can't find it at home either. 
I'm Faith Jones, I'm 13 and I'm and I'm ambassador for North Wales. I'm on free school meals because uh, my parents don't work, so we don't like, get enough like income to pay for me and my three little sisters to have like school dinners or pack lunches every day. Um, my mum doesn't work because she has epilepsy and she has my baby sister to look after. And my dad doesn't work because recently um, he started a course in college for plastering. So he's just trying to find a way to either make his own business or to find someone who he can work for. I help out with the food bank that my church runs and the amount of people who they see there that like don't have enough to eat and they could go like days without eating it's horrendous and i there's so many people who actually sign up for food banks and there's many more who like are ashamed to sign up so they won't do it and in schools there's so there's so many people whose parents are afraid to admit that they don't have money so their parents will go without eating just to feed their children and then when they're going to school they're not on free school meals or anything because of the stigma around it. Being on free school meals doesn't bother me much but I know that it does bother other people so some people don't want to talk about it and then some people they just feel as if 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 people knew that they were on free school meals, then nobody would want to be their friend anymore. Or they'd still want to be their friend, but if there's parties and things and they, they, aren't, they can't go to them because they don't have enough money, they'll think that like, people will be like, oh, I'll pay for it. And then they'll feel like, mean for taking the money off them. So the aim of the podcast is to speak to people around the area to see what their views are and we can put some very challenging questions towards them to get the answers that we need to food poverty. We're going to ask like Parliament, all the MPs and we're also going to speak to people who have actually experienced food poverty. We're going to talk to like, teachers from schools and most importantly we're going to talk to young people and see what their views are on it because there's so many people who don't actually know what it is and they don't know that it's a problem. Dev is 14 and lives in Leicester where 40% of young people live in poverty. Listen to the passion in his voice as he explains why he got involved in the campaign. I told my form and I said, guys, I've been chosen as a young food ambassador and um, I'll be working on this project for the next year. It's going to be amazing and I really want you guys to be at the centre if I want your views. Please tell me what you guys want to see a difference in your society, what difference you guys think we can make if we want to eradicate poverty and hunger from Great Britain. But no one put their hand up except for like one person no one put their hand up and that was shocking and I was thinking at that time it doesn't really hit your head okay why is no one putting their hand up then after like a, just like a few seconds in my head I realized there is a there is a stigma there is a problem with young people not speaking about this and the only way I can do it is anonymous so I got scrap paper from the teacher and I gave it to every single young person in the room and I said now you guys write it down tell me what you guys want to see different 
tell me what what you what you think is affecting you tell me your own personal experiences and you don't have to write your name and the result was actually astonishing they told me that oh when i'm going when i'm walking back from home there's so many chicken shops around and it's not my mind speaking it's my stomach we can't afford to make food at home so these iceland 60 pence meals are all we can afford or why isn't kfc selling healthy food or lowering the calorie intake all i can afford is a mcdonald's but still i wish that it was more healthier and this is what they wanted. These are my classmates. Some of them I've spent eight years with my life with. Others nearly four years. And I could tell by their face, facial expression, just by their body language, that, okay, yeah, I suffer from this. This happens at my house. Like, I would not expect this from the fifth largest economy in the world. And it happens. The podcast is his chance to tell that story. So how's he planning to do it? When I bring the podcast to Leicester, I really want to hear the stories of the dinner ladies because the dinner ladies are always at the heart of when you're getting food they see the children who have packed lunches they see the children who have school dinners and if you actually speak to a dinner lady like i have you see the most horrifying stories of what they've seen with young people because they've worked in multiple schools this is not just our school but just in this community like just in this school um, I'd also really, really want to speak to young people who are at the centre of it, just so policymakers and policymakers, if you are listening, this really does affect young people. Four million young people live in low-income house families and we're not lying. We have to push our stomachs in just to stop our tummies making noises or to stop us feeling ourselves hungry. I would also speak to um, youth workers and uh, at uh, food banks. If you... It's actually really astonishing. If uh, Food banks were never a thing before 2012. Um, food banks were actually made for refugees and asylum seekers who immigrated to the UK and who came to refuge to the UK. So this is actually made for them. But you never think after like six years in 2019 that like so many low-income families that it's become normal, not just for low-income families, for working-class families to use food banks and it's become an everyday part of our society. Of course, I'd always speak to young people and always keep these dialogues open because they're the ones who experienced it. But I'd also speak to local politicians, local MPs and say, what are you actually doing? We go hungry in your own constituency. 40% of young people are hungry. What are you doing to make us healthier, to make us brighter and to make Leicester a healthy city? 13-year-old Asha from Barrow in Furness wants to make her podcast about free school meals. Food insecurity is about, like, being able to have enough food on your plate. Um, And one of those issues is free school meals and about, like, how much you actually get given. Because you either have a bottle of water or you get a meal and just get a tiny little carton of juice, which is pretty hard when you only have that and you have to survive on that for the day. I'm on free school meals because my mum and my dad split up when I was really young. Um, my mum lost her old job because of how many kids she had. So she had to try and find a different job and has been struggling to pay for the rent and for food. as Everything is getting really expensive. So we tend to have small meals and what we can actually find in the cupboard. Having free school meals helps, but it's like not the meal that you should have. You need something else because my school usually just sells a baguette or a baguette with butter because like, it's not really filling, just having a piece of bread. I actually feel really hungry during the day. I struggle to concentrate and then it makes my grades go down. 
which makes me into lower groups and then they just treat me like a child not knowing how to do anything even though I know what to do I just can't concentrate doing it during the holidays it's hard because you don't know which days you're going to have food and which days you're just going to like have a piece of toast with some beans or something so sometimes you have to either go to our nanas to get something out of the fridge or we just have like literally just beans on toast and just have that um, it is difficult in the summer because you never know how much money you have and what you're going to be able to spend on the actual meals. When the podcast does come to Barrow, um, I want to meet up with some people and let them share their stories if they're comfortable to because I know there is a lot of people in Barrow who are struggling but they're just scared to talk out about it. So I'm going to face these problems and tell them it's fine to talk out and then share their stories. I'll persuade them by saying um, it's okay to talk out um, is you don't have to say the name, it's anonymous, you could just write it down and we'll get someone else to talk about it. But it is key to get the thing out so that people know what it is and how to like get rid of it. We were hoping school governors, school teachers, young people and definitely like the, the government should hear because they need to get this started. Saffron is from Portsmouth and wants to tell the hidden story of accessibility to free school meals. There are families that don't get free school meals, like migrant families. They're coming over and they are putting all of their money and all of their resources into building a better life. And they need these free school meals because that could keep their child going, keep their household running. So one of the subjects I want to explore when the podcast comes to Portsmouth is how free school meals are affected for British students and for migrant students. I want young people to hear this podcast and know that there isn't a reason to be insecure about what you're eating, what you should be eating, what you can eat. And I want adults to hear this podcast as well to get across the points of what their child's friends might be going through and to just be a bit wary I want MPs to hear this so they can fix this situation, give better meals, give better allowances, give a wider range of availability and to make this an important issue. Thanks for listening. And if you want to get involved, visit foodfoundation.org.uk and make sure you subscribe to hear those brilliant kids bringing everyday stories of food poverty out of the shadows. Things have got to change, and by subscribing to this podcast, you'll help these children tell their story. We owe it to them to listen. These children have a hashtag right to food.